0: As we continue our study of the laws of preparation for Shabbos, one of the areas in which there's a big discussion in the poskim has to do with what we shouldn't do as a way of preparing for Shabbos. That is, as the poskim described, based on the Gemara in Gittin, which tells the story of a family that was kava suudasa of Shabbos. They had a meal... Uh, An akviyas suda, as we'll see what that means shortly, uh, but let's say a significant meal on Erev Shabbos. And the Gemara describes how they were punished severely. Based on this Gemara, which is uh, admittedly a very brief uh, statement, nevertheless, uh, both of the tour and then subsequently the Shochan Aruch in Sivan Reish Mem Ches, excuse me, Reish Mem Tes, Siv Bet, Pasken, that it is usher is forbidden to be Koveya suda on Erev Shabbos. However, uh, this gemara and the straightforward psaq of the Turin and notwithstanding, the reason for this prohibition remains an enigma, at least initially, certainly in the gemara. And uh, practically speaking, what type of Suda is prohibited? What is the scope of this prohibition uh, also remains at this point unclear. When it comes to the reason for the prohibition, even though the Gemara itself doesn't really tell us much, the Rambam in Perak Lamed of Hecho Shabbos, Halacha Daled, when he brings down this uh, p'sak based on the Gemara, he adds that you shouldn't do this, it's asr, if kavod Shabbos. That to do so is a compromise in the honor owed to Shabbos. And the Tur and the Shulchan Aruch both quote this based on the Rambam, that the problem is kavod Shabbos. But again, this also remains unclear, or even begs the question, in what way is having Suda on Friday, on Erev Shabbos, in what way is that a chisaron, does that diminish kavod Shabbos? In fact, when we survey the poskim, we find three different approaches to this question. The Shulchan Aruch himself says that the issue is that, that part of honoring Shabbos, part of kavod Shabbos is that there is a a mitzvah, and certainly a benefit to coming into Shabbos, to entering Shabbos, with eager anticipation for the Shabbos meal. And evidently, the concern is that if one were to have a very big meal on Friday, then that would diminish one's hunger and compromise one's eager anticipation looking forward to the Shabbos meal, the Shabbos dinner, And that itself is a chisaron of Kavot Shabbos. That is the opinion of the Machaber himself. The Muget Avram, also quoted by the Mishnaburah, gives a second and different reason. And he says that we are worried that because of the extensive preparations that you might have to be involved with for this additional Erev Shabbos meal, that will distract you and preoccupy your time, and you won't have the necessary time to make the preparations for the Shabbos meal itself. So it's a question of competing um, you know, requirements and demands on your time. There's only so much time in a day, and if you're having this big kviyah suda on Arab Shabbos, how will you have time to have make the preparations for Shabbos itself? These are the first two reasons, the Machaber and the Magin Avram, quoted by the Mishnaburah. Interestingly, the Kafachaim, suggested a naf between these two uh, opinions, I think this is a very plausible and uh, compelling uh, suggestion by the Kafa that a practical difference would emerge if there's someone else in your home, be it hired help or other family members, who are making the Shabbos preparations for you. Obviously, according to the Shulchan Aruch, where the fear is that you will come into Shabbos without a sufficient appetite for the Friday night meal, so who's preparing the Shabbos dinner is irrelevant. But according to the Magen Avram, where the whole issue is that we're you won't have time to do both, so in fact if you've uh, assigned, as it were, a shaliach to do the preparations, you'll recall that in last week's shir we mentioned that it's a mitzvah preference, or at least a hitter, uh, to do the preparations yourself. But, bottom line is, you can still fulfill the mitzvah of preparing for Shabbos, you can still fulfill the mitzvah of having food for Shabbos, if you have a shaliach. Again, a family member or hired help. Never said the Kavachayim, according to the reason of the Bangan Avram, there should be no prohibition if you have someone else who is taking the responsibility for you to prepare for Shabbos. So far, we've seen two reasons. However, there is a third reason suggested by the Prima and this is actually brought down in the Bir Halacha here, and that is different than either of the first two. According to the Prima the issue is that it is a zilzel in the Kavad of Shabbos. It is somehow denigrating and besmirching the honor owed to Shabbos by having a meal on Friday, which gives off the impression that Friday and Shabbos, that Erev Shabbos and Shabbos, appear to be on equal footing. Evidently, uh, you know, I think the Primugodim assumed, and maybe it was certainly true in his day, but I think for the most part it is even true even in our day, that generally the suda that we have on Friday night is larger and more elaborate than a Suda we would have typically during the week, certainly uh, on a typical breakfast or lunch. And therefore to be Kovea Suda uh, of such an extent on an Arab Shabbos as the Primagodim is a zilzul in Kavod Shabbos, because you've kind of elevated Arab Shabbos to be on the same footing. Shabbos should be set apart as the night or the and the day, the 24-hour period in which we have more uh, significant, more Chashuv Sudos, By having something like that on Friday, it's a zilzul because we've equated Shabbos and Arab Shabbos. A possible nafkamina that I saw suggested between this third answer and the previous ones are what if you are a part of a suda, you're invited to, you participate, uh, you join friends or family in a suda on Friday morning on Arab Shabbos, but you don't actually eat that much. So according to the Machaber, if the problem is the issue of a loss of appetite, so then it's not so much being in the Suda as much as what you've eaten, and if you haven't eaten that much, then it really shouldn't be an issue. If, however, the issue is that you shouldn't uh, be mezalzel in Shabbos, that very fact that you are being mezalzel uh, because you've equated the two, so then perhaps, perhaps, again, I don't know if it's Mechroch, perhaps we could argue on this, but certainly one could make the argument that even if you don't eat that much, just being part of a suda, just hanging around and joining and participating in a big meal, even if you didn't yourself participate, that may be a problem. This is a very, very practical issue, uh, I would say, in Eretz Yisrael, I would say more commonly than it would be in Huslaritz, because as we know, in Eretz Yisrael, most people don't work on Fridays, and conversely, everyone has to work on Sundays. So as it turns out, Friday morning is a time where often people go out and get together, and there are restaurants, I think perhaps most notably Cafe Rimone, uh, who have these very special all-you-can-eat breakfast buffets on Friday, which are super popular, and obviously as the name implies, people go there uh, to enjoy themselves, enjoy the company, enjoy the food, and to eat a lot, typically. <laughs> that's, certainly <coughs> excuse me, that's certainly my experience when I've been there. And... You know, when I, when I learned the Salachah, it kind of raised the question in my mind, is going to one of these all-you-can-eat big breakfast buffets, or for that matter, being in a hotel, the typical Yerushalayim or Israeli hotels, you have a hotel breakfast, eating something like that on an Arab Shabbos um, might really be a problem. According to the reason that we started with from the Mechaber, that we're worried about your appetite, or reason number three, that by having a big meal, you know, this and Kavut Shabbos, think one could really, at least at this point in this year, make the argument that these uh, restaurant or hotel meals on Friday morning really may be a problem. On the other hand, according to the uh, third reason that we saw, or the middle one that we mentioned, number two, that the issue is we're worried about that you want to make sure you have enough time uh, to be able to... um, to be able to uh, have the Suda, uh, f- to prepare for the Suda. So then, you know, it may be a Matsya's question uh, that uh, just going to a meal that you didn't necessarily uh, prepare and are not fully engaged in, assuming you have other people who could be helping you prepare, maybe it would still be mutter. You haven't compromised that by just being at the Suda. But certainly something to think about and something that we shall return to as we go further into this topic. The next question, which is obviously connected to this one, is uh, more on the practical level, the scope. What type of sudas do Chazal have in mind, uh, do the Shulchan Aruch have in mind, to prohibit, uh, given the reasons that we have seen. So the Machaber, the Shulchan Aruch himself, when he's defining what is prohibited, uh, he actually adopts a formulation, which I believe is first found in the Magid Mishnah, in his commentary to the aforementioned Rambam, that the problem is to eat, and this is the language of the Magen Mishnah that is then adopted in Shulchan Aruch, a, what's the problem? To eat a se'uda she'einu rogil bimeachol? To eat a meal that one would typically not eat on a regular weekday. Don't do anything differently than you would usually do for a week meal. In other words, it's not that you have to fast or significantly diminish what you usually eat. The prohibition is to eat a bigger meal than you might usually have on a weekday. On Yom Rishon through Yom Hamishi, Sunday through Thursday, having a bigger meal than typical, you know, is a dvarushos. It's an issue of your weight or your health, but it wouldn't have anything to do with Shabbos, obviously, or any other obvious, obvious halachos directly. But having a bigger than typical, than usual meal on Erev Shabbos, so then we run into issues that we have seen. So this formulation, again, I believe uh, originated in the Magen Mishnah and then adopted in Shulchan Aruch, um, is somewhat, I would say, accepted, but itself is subject to a machlokas. In what way and in what form does the Suda on Friday have to be different than regular in order for it to pose a problem? So one group of poskim um, work back off of the wording of the Rambam, the Rambam being the source of all of this. So the Rambam says, Asr likva Suda Umishta. The Rambam, which is not at all in the Gemara, the Rambam adds the word umishta. You know, and drinking at the meal. And the Shokhnarach adopts this as well. The question is, what exactly does the Shokhnarach, by extension, and the Rambah mean by, or do they mean anything really, by adding the word umishta? So the truth is that the uh, Shokhnarach Harav here in Sif as well as the Lavush in Sif Bet, so they also both mention in one form or another the Lashon of Mishta. But it seems to me that, at least in their formulations, both of them are using the term mishta just as a way of indicating the large scope and the large size of the suda. For example, the lavush says, "What's the problem?" The lavush mentions the issue of mishta, and then beferish gives the reason that the problem is you won't be, you'll be you know, you'll be too full. So it's not about mishta in any other specific sense, as much as mishta kind of means it's not just you know something you know happens and it bespeaks or reflects you know you're sitting you're eating you're drinking it's a full meal full fledged you're going to be full and you eat this kind of meal it's, you know what if you ate and didn't drink it seems to me that based on the shakhra kharav and the lavosh it wouldn't matter it's not about mishta per se there's nothing about drinking there's nothing about drinking particular drinks not drinks it's just a shigra if you will it's just a it's an expression being used which is you know, reflecting the type of big meal which will then pro- compromise your appetite on Friday night. However, this should be contrasted with the Taz. The Taz here has a very lengthy piece, and he goes in a very, basically in a very different direction. He understands the insertion and the addition of the term Mishnah to be very specifically Derech Shechrus that it's alcoholic in nature and that you are perhaps even drinking a little too much, but certainly that you are drinking alcoholic beverages. In other words, it's not enough just to have a suda, but it's suda umishta. You're eating and you're drinking wine or presumably other alcoholic beverages might be problematic as well. And the uh, Taz goes on to say, and the reason why he thinks this is the case, because what does he think the ultimate problem is? Which I can't say it's a hundred percent, but the way I would read the Taz sounds like kind of, if we could reverse engineer, he thinks the problem is that it would prevent you from preparing. So it's not just a question about how much time you're eating, but if you're drinking, first of all, that might extend the meal, but also if you're inebriated after the meal, then what's going to happen most likely, you'll come home after the meal, or maybe you are home to begin with, it doesn't really matter where you ate the meal, but when you finish the meal, you're more likely to be unproductive and perhaps even need to sleep it off. So then you're really not going to be able to prepare uh, for Shabbos. So very interestingly, um, given the lavush and The Shulchan HaRav, and really the Shulchan himself, his own reason that it's about the appetite, sounds like mishta is not necessarily a major issue, just a simon of what would be a typically big meal. But with or without mishta, if you eat too much and you lose your appetite, it's a problem. However, the Taz, given that he thinks it has to do with preparation, so he thinks fundamentally uh, it's really an issue of getting inebriated or tipsy, um, and alcoholic beverages that are being part of the meal... That is part and parcel of the problem. It would come out, getting back to our question about uh, typical uh, hotel breakfast or the Café Rimón, all-you-can-eat buffet, that if you accept the Taz, that would be a very significant leniency in Kula, because typically in these kind of things, they're non-alcoholic at all. Uh, there may be lots of uh, hot drinks and cold drinks, but not alcoholic drinks. And therefore, technically, there would be uh, no issue. Furthermore, it also reinforces that idea of preparation, which nowadays, anyway, is much easier and less time consuming, which is a point one might be able to make uh, in light of that position of uh, the, the middle position we saw from the Mug and Avram uh, to begin with, who said that the whole purpose was we're worried about being able to prepare. So, obviously, in the modern world, the ability to prepare is much quicker when you are either just taking things out of the fridge or refrigerator, being able to cook in your electric uh, stoves or ovens, etc., microwaving, it just we, by takeout. I mean, there's so many ways to prepare Shabbos in a way that Chazal, or even in recent decades, they could not have imagined. So, uh, comes out a very interesting Nafkamina uh, based on this whole insertion of the word, or this addition of the word mishta, and at least the way the Taz uh, understands it. It should be noted that the one of the achronim in the Shulchanach, the Chemin Moshe, also goes with this idea of um, Mishteh, and even the idea of sh- of alcoholic Mishteh specifically, and yet he still disagrees with the Taz. How so? Because he explains that the real issue we're talking about is not the alcohol of the fear of drunkenness, being tipsy, and therefore needing to sleep it off, and losing your ability to prepare, but rather, says the and Moshe. The Rambam adds the word machal umishta because the very act of being koveya su'uda on wine is something that's disrespectful to Shabbos. Shabbos should be the kind of meal that has, you know, centered around it's koveya on an alcoholic drink such as wine. But to do that on a Friday lunch or a Friday breakfast, that itself is a zilzal in Kavot Shabbos. Now clearly the Chemen Moshe is working with the Bir Halacha Prima reason that it's all about equating uh, the meals. And even though there's no worry about drunkenness here in this Chemen Moshe, again, he takes the idea of mishta from the Rambam. Like the Taz, he understands, specifically referring to alcoholic mishta. But yet he departs because he thinks it's not about the practical fear of getting drunk as much as it is just the very act that you had a meal based on wine that's choshev that's significant and that shouldn't be done in a way that would, so to speak make Shabbos uh, second tier or at least not special anymore if we accept either the taz or I say this Chemin Moshe it's, it would also become out of Big Kula since again Cafe Rimon or these hotel meals are not based on wine so you don't have the principled objection or the practical concern now all of this should be put into one basket. All of this is working off of the Shulchan Aruch, working off of the Rambam. That it's all about not only machal but u'mishta. And then we saw a debate of whether that matters or not. It should be noted that the Primagadim here suggests, based on the Yerushalmi, that this has nothing to do with mishta at all. Alcohol, non-alcohol, got nothing to do with anything. Rather, it's usher if it's different than a typical weekday meal. Period. Now, what is the problem if it's different from a typical weekday meal? It could be any one of the three that we saw beforehand. Either typical means you eat too much and you're not full, it means you don't have time to prepare, or it means you've just been a zazzle on Shabbos because you've had a hush of a meal, and instead you should be saving your hush of meals for Shabbos. And the post you know, do discuss what does the Prima Godem have in mind. Is it just the quantity of the food? So as long as you have a small amount of food, that would be Okay. Uh, Another suggest no, it's not even so much about the amount, as much as the type of meal, the more formal or fancy it is. So then that's already different than usual, and then that would be potentially an issue on Arab Shabbos. If you accept this approach, any of the interpretations of the prima godim, then you have a real, real concern with these hotel or cafe rimon, all you can eat buffets, unless, unless, circling back to how we started, unless you take the middle approach that it's all about preparation and you assume that as long as someone else can prepare for you or you know for sure you have enough time to prepare, uh, then it won't be a problem. But if you're worried about, you know, overeating and therefore not having a sufficient appetite on Friday night or just the very fact that having a hush of a meal on a Friday is a zizzle on Shabbos, so then I think one would potentially have an issue with these hotel buffets or all-you-can-eat restaurant meals all of this um, that we've now done, I would say, ad kan ha-kafa aleph, if you will, all of this is uh, understanding the parameters and the reason for the prohibition. However, we need to, the second half of the shiir is to discuss the leniencies, uh, because there is a major, major carve-out of this halacha that is brought down by the Ramah. And the Ramah says that an exception to all of this is any meal which is a sudas mitzvah, bismano, a Mitzvah that has to be done now, this is the time of the mitzvah, then it is completely permissible. And the Ramah gives two explanations. If either this is the right day for the bris or the right day for a pigeon haben, the celebratory meals accompanying either the mila, the bris, or the pigeon haben, it's a Surah's mitzvah, and we be permitted, says the Ramah, this is Poshut and this is the Minhag. Our Choshochan implicitly raises the question, well, I, just because it's a Surah's mitzvah, but what happened to the concern of the machaber of going into Friday night with the Te'ovon, being hungry and being excited? Says For that concern, Chazal said, mitzvah." It's true ordinarily, but right now I have a mitzvah to have a sudas Brismila. Right now I have the mitzvah to have a sudas pidgin uh, Ben, And right now I'm being involved in that mitzvah and I don't have to worry about a mitzvah that's going to you know, be relevant 12 hours later uh, or something to that extent. Interestingly, the Magin Avram, and this is uh, poskin by the Mishnah brewer here, uh, he suggests that when we say mitzvah of uh, the Suda of a Bris mila or a Pidgin Aben, it's even if it's Shaloba's Mano, after day 8 for the Bris or 30 for the Pidgin Aben, since any delay respectively in the Bris or the Pidgin Aben is a delay in the mitzvah, is a bitl mitzvah, therefore even if it's Shaloba's Mano, but it's been Avr's Mano, the time has passed, then a Bris mila Suda or a Pidgin Aben Suda would be uh, permitted even though the Mishnaburah apostles like this from the Mughan Avram, both of these are actually debated. Uh, the Taj Beitz has a famous shita who disagrees when it comes to Brismila, and even in the case of Pidgin Aben, um, whereas this is the opinion of the Nishmas Avram and others, but the Mughan Avram himself and the Aruch HaShulchan, at least when it comes to Pidgin Aben, uh, disagree. It is worth noting the uh, Aruch HaShulchan, he says, uh, "I'm not even going to get into the issue of pigeon abend shlobas because it's so uncommon. Right? When's the last time you had a delayed pigeon abend? It could happen, but it's not common. He doesn't even discuss it. Amilah shlobas We know. I don't know what the percentage is, but it's certainly not uncommon to have a ba- you know bris of a baby that had to be delayed. So again, there are people who debate, but I think the practice based on the Magen Avram and the Mishnah Berurah is even amilah shlobas and unlikely as it may be, a pigeon aven shlobas If either of those were on Erev Shabbos, you could have the suda. Mishnabruah does say, in any of these examples where we say it's permissible to have a significant meal uh, because of the suda's mitzvah, it's still better, if you can, to do it in the morning. Again, the further away you make it from uh, Shabbos itself, the more appetite you'll have. Hypothetically, the more uh, time you'll have to prepare, so... Why not, so to speak, be machmir in a sense? Why not try to do it as early as possible so that it doesn't compromise or conflict with Shabbos? But the Mishnah continues if, for whatever reason, you couldn't, that even later in the day it would be mutter, he just thinks it's better to try to do it as early as possible on Erev Shabbos. Uh, in that vein, it's worth noting that the Magan Avram here quotes from the Levush. What would happen if you really have a conflict? You really have a conflict. And if you have this Sudas Brismilo or Sudas pigeonaben you're just not going to have an appetite for Sudha Shabbos. Or, a different concern, you won't have time to prepare for Sudha Shabbos. So then Magan Ram says, listen, all of that is, um, you know, all of that is assuming you could do both. But if it's going to be a conflict, so then, Magan of Ramah says, I'm not sure. He says, but, could be, based on the Levush, could be, that even though you're too full or won't have time, it's still mutter. It's still mutter, kind of taking the Osepa and Mitzvah to an extreme. Uh, even if it really turned out to be a conflict, the of Ram based on the uh the lavush, right? You won't have even though even though this brismila suda is late in the afternoon and it's very big, and it, you can't have an enjoyable Suda Shabbos dinner for that. But based on the Lavush, the Magan of Ram is willing to say, well, you know, it's La to have both, but if you when Dharma says you're allowed to have a suda's meal on Erev Shabbos, he means, even if it means really seriously, significantly, compromising to have any meaningful Friday night meal. That's a massive, massive Kiddush. Very hard, uh, honestly, to accept. And it should be noted that the Bir Halacha and the Or HaSholchan both quote from the Ateraz Zikeinim, uh, who explicitly rejects this, and they make the point you know, on logical grounds as well, not just the precedent of the Ateraz Zikeinim, but logically, very hard to accept this extreme sock of the Magan Avram and the lavush. The Bira Lucha goes on to say that maybe this is totally in the, in the reason. Because if it's about going into Shabbos hungry, so in case of a sudas mitzvah, there's a heter and maybe that, requi- maybe that waives the requirement that we should have a big appetite. But we wouldn't say it would waive the requirement that you don't even eat dinner. On the other hand, he says, what if it's the second reason of Zilzul and Shabbos because you're equating them? So that also might be okay because Chazal are saying it's not a zilzal to have a big sudas mitzvah. A regular Stam Friday breakfast or lunch is a zilzal to equate with Shabbos, but a sudas mitzvah wouldn't be a zilzal. On the other hand, if the reason is that you will not have time to prepare for Shabbos, then we could say that in the case of sudas mitzvah, maybe Chazal simply were not machmir on that and they assumed you wouldn't forget. So um, whatever you want to say in the pillpool of that bir halacha, uh, halacha Lamaisa, it would seem to me that the, the Bir Halacha's maskana, the Archa Sholchan's maskana, uh, based on the Erez Zakenim, which I, I would call, so to speak, L'Chumra, you can't overdo uh, a Sudas Mitzvah, especially if it's late in the day, if Ad kah, would really prevent you from having it all, or at least in any way enjoying your Sudas Shabbos. That would be going too far. What counts as a Sudas Mitzvah? So this is also a big discussion in the poskim, but just to mention very briefly... Uh, some issues which are discussed. What about having a siyum on Erev Shabbos? So the bir halacha here assumes that it's poshit that a siyum should be permitted. However, not everyone agrees and the ktsos here in, in uh, Simen Samachtes, uh, si'if zayin in the body of Shulchan, nah, he rejects this bir halacha. He quotes the bir halacha but he says, ah, who told him this? Where does he know this from? Logically, it actually doesn't make any sense. The ramah said, a surah's mitzvah, bismano. it has to be the time of the mitzvah. Okay, we know the bris mila, and they have a time. But when it comes to a siyum, says Aksos Shulchan, what makes this day bizmano? Did you davka finish your limud of the gemara or whatever it is, davka that day? And even if you did, so what? We know from uh, the discussion that postkim have uh, regarding the nine days where certain postkim allow you to delay uh, making a siyum so that you can make it then or for Erev Pesach where people delay their finishing their learning so they can make a seum on Erev Pesach. the it's like, we have a precedent for that. To say that there's any one day which is bizmano, you must make the seum, says we have no precedent for that. And in that case, why should you make a seum on Erev Shabbos and get into issues of uh, compromising your ability to prepare or have a good appetite on, for, on Shabbos? Wait till Shabbos itself make the seum. Wait till Matzah Shabbos. Wait till Sunday to make the seum. Why should you do it on Erev Shabbos? And he does not accept the Bir allah on that. So that's one discussion. What about a surah's bar mitzvah? So both the Aruch HaShulchan and the Ktos HaShulchan say if the Boba if the boy's actual birthday, he turns 13 as Erev Shabbos, then you are allowed to have the Suda Shabbos. You're allowed to have the Suda Mitzvah, excuse me, on Erev uh, Shabbos. Some posts can say, listen, why not just have it Friday night? Uh, okay, I right hear. But the bottom line is if, if a person really does have a bar mitzvah that comes out on Erev Shabbos and they're making a big celebratory sudah for breakfast or for lunch on Erev Shabbos, the Archa Shulchan and the Ksosa Shulchan do uh, permit that. But what about a wedding or an engagement, sudas Eresen or Nisuin? And very, very uncommon nowadays, but if you know Jewish history, you know this used to be very, very common. Although they used to Dafka use the Friday night meal as their Suda suin, But in theory, could you have that on, on an Arab Shabbos? So this actually is discussed by the Shachanarch himself. The Shachnarh makes use of this Rabir lacha, others. It's so uncommon we won't get into it. The time is late, but just so you should know it is a discussion. Last but not least, just to mention that everything we've been saying until now is a non-typical meal, a sudas Ana Rugulba as we saw before from the Shulchan Aruch. But flip, contrast all of that with a normal meal. Says the Shulchan Aruch, it's okay to have any normal meal, even a set meal on a Friday, but when it comes to having a set meal, really sitting down for breakfast, so to speak, really sitting down for lunch, says the Shukhan Aruch, it's technically mutter all day, if it's a normal meal, normal size meal, but he says it's a mitzvah to refrain from it the last quarter of the day. Again, the Shulchan Aruch Lashitoso, you should go into Friday night with as much of an appetite as possible. Uh, the Chazanish was known to be Machmir in this regard, uh, and he said that uh, you should really try to start your lunch, if you're having a, a, a regular but real lunch, uh, even before Chatzos. Again, Mikar Adin, it's mutter, but that was a hitter of the Chazanish. And the Mishnibura, uh points out, and I think very reasonably, if you go especially with the Machabra's reason, he says especially in the winter, where you know it's a very short day, then he thinks, again, it's technically mutter, but it would be a mitzvah uh, to stop even earlier, uh, than chatzos maybe, or certainly even earlier than the last quarter of the day. And as the This is a subjective thing. It's all based on a personal evaluation and judgment of what would prevent you from being hungry uh, and enjoying and anticipating the Friday night meal. Okay, I think we've discussed quite comprehensively uh, all of these halachos. And again, the bottom line is we see from this that part of our preparation, so to speak, for Shabbos, hachanos, is is t- usually something that we shouldn't do and that is shouldn't have a larger, bigger-than-usual meal, especially if it might include alcohol, etc., as we've seen from the various poskim, and again, the very common and uh, enjoyable, I must say personally, a hotel breakfast, or a cafe and all-you-can-eat, at best I could say it's a halachic question, it's a shayla. it certainly does not seem to be obviously mutter, but we have seen, at least according to a certain poskim, why it might be a problem. We have seen certain paths to heter and Lakula. Uh, based on different approaches to this halacha.